0: Our first mailbag with George Fowler. Let's not. Hey, you're listening to Foreplay Radio for Couples and Sex Therapy, and I'm Laurie Watson, your sex therapist.
1: And I'm George Fowler, your marriage therapist.
0: We want to take a wide lens on sexuality and talking with you about what we've learned as experts in the field on how you bring your body, your mind, and your brain to the sexual experience.
1: We want to expand people's perspective of just talking about sex. That it's not something to be avoided, it's actually something to embrace and to lean into with an openness to be changed by what you hear.
0: So George, we have some questions, and our listeners are pretty interactive with us. This one is about porn and her husband replacing sex with porn. So I'd like to read it to you and then we'll talk about it. She says, I just found your podcast, I have a problem with my husband looking at porn. I've known it for years and tried not to think about it. Now, we may have sex maybe once a month, if that. I'm very willing and want to play, but I can't get him aroused. He's told me he doesn't want the pressure to perform. I found out that he pleases himself two to three times a week. He's basically replaced me with porn. I'm 59, and I don't want my sex life to be over. We've talked about it, and he says, We've been together for 20 years. Porn is exciting and new. It's hard for him to have sex anymore. He is 62. He likes to watch the real everyday people, usually younger women, not porn stars that are acting. I've suggested we watch it together, but he's uncomfortable with that. This makes me feel unattractive and insecure. We have had a good loving relationship, but without sex, I don't feel like I continue this anymore and need help.
1: Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) That sucks. Yeah. Totally. Just talking about last time, sexual pursuit or the pain of wanting something healthy. And one thing to not get it at all, but to see your partner going elsewhere, it's Mm -hmm. oof. Yeah. Well, you know, I... When I think about porn, I don't come at it from a moralistic point of view. To me, it's, does it serve a function to strengthen a couple's emotional bond, or does it create more distance? Mm -hmm. So in this case, you know, if you have a couple who want to spice it up, and they're focusing, and they're putting on a pornography movie, and they're using that to get more engaged, to me, the proof, the rubber hits the road when, does it increase levels of engagement and Mm -hmm. presence within the relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, but it... If I have to have an orgasm when I'm with my wife, I'm thinking about some porn show I watch and I'm not present in a moment with my wife, then that porn's actually getting in the way of the Mm -hmm. engagement.
0: Then it's a wall, not a bridge.
1: Beautifully. I I read somewhere a priest said, what's wrong with porn is not what it shows, but what it doesn't show. Mm -hmm. It so focuses on the physical and that hot lust desire. It leaves out all of this stuff around safety and, and emotions and, and connectivity and spirituality. There's such a beauty that's it's left out of it. So, you know, it's sad to hear that this is a familiar story, that people are turning towards something so mechanical and so distant, mm-hmm. and they're turning down the real thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that's a problem.
0: Well, this is a woman open to it, wanting it, expressing this, and he's saying, ah, you know, I, I don't want the pressure to perform. I'm not as turned on. And he's clearly turned on. And I, I think an injury, right, a woman at 59, you know, and having your husband look at younger women, it's like, oof, I'm not getting any younger.
1: Well, it's like an affair. Yeah. right. You're turning elsewhere to get your needs met. And you're right. not heading towards me, and that this person is getting 90% of your engagement and your passion and 10% of your time, where I get all the time and none of the engagement mm-hmm. as the wife, which is is a pretty bum deal.
0: Right. I like the way you've talked about porn as what's missing. I think for some of our listeners, there are moral issues here that they feel, you know, this could represent adultery. I, I mean, I'm sure you've come across this as I have, people who come in and say, I found out my husband's watching porn, and that's it. And it's like, what? That's You're going to trash everything? And, and, and maybe that's really all it is. I know I had one couple who he thought about looking at porn, and he told her that, and that was kind of it. I mean, some people are more rigid about it than what you've described, but I, I think that we also have to see it as something, as part of our culture. I mean, when, Absolutely. I, when I was starting in therapy, there was no internet. If you wanted to look at porn, you literally had to go down to the corner mart and buy a magazine. So that meant facing, sunglasses on. facing embarrassment. Yeah. And now it's it's everywhere, and it's on their so phones. accessible. It's so accessible, and it's
1: scary to see the younger generations that are getting this so much time spent in that stimulation. And you could have a different person, and multiple people. I mean, there's so much that you could have to just kind of fill that lustful need. That when it comes down to the real thing it's a lot more challenging and it's risky because you have to show up in a vulnerable way. Yeah. Right. So before you know it, those neurons that fire together, wire together and you know, the brains are are getting set in the direction of porn is the easier, more fulfilling way, which is tragic for our culture. Tragic for relationships, tragic for kids being born in families like that.
0: Exactly. We don't even know yet what it's going to be like, but we we're starting to see the, the next generation, coming into sexual experiences brand new with an idea about what it should be that is so distorted. I, I mean, I do think and what I've told my sons, and I'm sure all my sons have looked at porn, but I mean, I'm not naive, but what I've told them is, please reserve something so that the first sensual experience you have is your own. I mean, there's just nothing like a lover touching even your hand for the first time—I mean, it just the electricity of that—and I just worry about a culture that is so jaded by all of this that they can't, they they won't experience the other thrills that are essentially based. But okay, back to this woman.
1: Well, I think we also want to reinforce to this to this lady that what she's wanting, that she has a right for that. Yeah. Right. That if you look at couples that have the greatest sex, they all describe the same thing, regardless of Peggy Kleinplatz's work, right? Yes. That's
0: optimal
1: sex. Optimal sex. What is it talking about? High levels of engagement, vulnerability, intimacy, a sense of transcendent presence, all of these things that it is about being with, fully engaged, the person you're with, right? If we're not getting that, how can sex be so good? So what she's describing is that distance. And we're not trying to pathologize this man. He's just kind of learned to survive in the world he finds himself in. Mm -hmm. That it's just a lot easier to head towards this more physical release of an orgasm than it is to open up your heart and be more present with your partner, right? So I really want to give her permission for a good fight, that mm-hmm. she's standing up for something that's yeah. so important, Yeah. right? And not shame her husband, that, but he needs to do something differently. He's settling for the crumbs or, you know, the, the superficial appetite when there's this main course that he doesn't know how to be present with.
0: Right. So what do we tell her? You got a good fight on your hands. I love that. Sometimes people need to be encouraged, that they need to stand for their relationship in a way that it's going to take conflict. So many people, I know one of our listeners writes in regularly and says, what if they won't uh, engage with you? And it's like, but, but also openly admits that, that he will not have conflict with her. It's like, you know, sometimes conflict is important. I think especially sexually, the idea of just... Fusion, I think, is out there in terms of a concept where people get along and don't raise issues, and they have sort of a placid relationship. But if you're placid, you, you cannot have sparks. And I think this woman needs to say, okay, I got to throw it down here. This She's one got has to head,
1: head towards him and get him. And what's wrong with him watching porn with her? Let's let's try to see what happens to this man. What is it about the porn? You know, what is it about masturbating? Maybe they can just do that together and see what happens. I mean, we got to start getting them facing each other instead of, I think the biggest problem with what she's describing is the massive amount of distance that's happening between them, mm-hmm. right? And, and it is about bridging that distance
0: mm-hmm.
1: one inch at a time.
0: And we don't know necessarily like what else is happening here. I mean, it could be a complicated stew of stuff. They've been married for, I think they said 20 years
1: Just to reiterate, I I think it's important not to come from a judgmental, moralistic stance that says you're right and you're wrong, right? Mm -hmm. I think that really starts to create more polarization and shuts down communication. I'm really coming from a point of view that's saying, what's proven to work, Mm -hmm. right? Couples that can strengthen their emotional bond have better lives and have better sex, Mm -hmm. right? So this couple, the proof is in they're not having sex with each other very yeah. limited once a month. The proof is not so, in the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so so it again, it's trying to get this guy, you know, to start looking at himself. And we've been spending weeks talking about these emotional sexual withdrawals that they've played it safe and they found something that's easy. But in the easiness, they've lost the depth and the genuineness of, of a, a really more whole sexual encounter. So yes, it's easy. But do they recognize the cost of that easy is the vitality that, you know, they're not finding in their lives. You know, my sense is the pawn's a sure thing. It's mm-hmm. not asking anything. There's no performance. He's not going to fail. He don't even have to be seen. It's, it's a physical act that's just focused on a little release of tension and that sense of if I actually were more vulnerable, I might get rejected. I might not like myself. I'd actually have to face things that I I spend my life avoiding. So what he's doing sexually is what he's doing emotionally probably across the board. Mm-hmm. So this is just a symptom of what walls do. To keep out the bad, they also keep out the good. Yeah. Right? So it's a lot easier if you have a wall up to just peek your head over, see a little stimulation, get a little release, and that's kind of all you get.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So it's her ability to empathize with the good reasons he's learned to put up walls and how this serves a function we are bonding creatures if we don't bond in healthy ways we will bond in other ways we'll turn towards porn or drugs or shopping or money you know that's just our nature so any kind of addiction any kind of addiction we gravitate
0: towards some something we need something fills us
1: fills us up exactly And, and
0: the healthiest part is when we turn to another
1: this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The Irish have a great saying, everybody focuses on the drinking and not the thirst. Mm -hmm. Right, so what I'd want to get this man is to really start, to, What, what? how does the porn, does, how does it work for him? What thirst does it meet? Then he could figure out how to find a healthier way. I mean, he's settling for some drops of water when he could have an amazing bottle of wine with his wife.
0: Yeah. Let's come back. You're listening to 4Play Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy.
2: Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive?
0: So, an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just So much more you can get done when you have a chunk of
2: time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about Intensives and Awakening Center's other services at AwakenLoveAndSex.com.
0: Hey, I want to let you guys know all about George. He's written and contributed to several books, and I'd especially like to draw your attention to his book, Sacred Stress, A Radically Different Approach to Using Life's Challenges for Positive Change. His book is about a mission on how you adopt new strategies and turn stresses into a positive force in your life. And who among us doesn't live with a lot of stress these days? We'll keep you posted as to all he's doing. But George and other EFT therapists all around the country and the world hold couples retreats called Hold Me Tight, which is developed by Sue Johnson, and it helps secure your own relationship. If you'd like therapy with George, find him at georgefowler.com. we're back with a second question it's about ed and this gentleman says my wife of 17 years and i are in a very bad place due to not only our lack of intimacy but my ed issues i've been to the doctor and have recently been changed over from viagra to cialis that i have not yet tried (laughs) I want to satisfy her more than I can express in words, but I just seem to go limp right after we start or halfway through. Last night, the most relaxed I've been in a long time, I almost had her to the point of finishing and I started to feel like I was going to finish. I started thinking I just needed a little more time to get her there because I can't keep failing and instantly softened up. My wife is at a breaking point and I really need some help. I have to find a way to not self-sabotage. My doctor actually told me about your podcast. Thank you, doc. I've listened to a few podcasts. I don't know what to do. I'm reaching out for help. But part of the problem from her side is that I don't care because I should have tried to fix this years ago. I do understand her frustration. I just don't know how to fix this. I'm open to any advice. Take the Cialis, right? I mean, you know, one of I them. always
1: remind myself, you can get weighted down with all of these stresses and pressures and... You know, what is this man looking for? He wants to love his wife better. It is coming from a beautiful place. It right. So all of these problems that we have are only problems because the other side of the coin is these natural, healthy, beautiful desires that we all want.
0: Mm -hmm. You're right. As a sex therapist, I want to know a little bit about them now. There's 7% of women who climax through sexual intercourse. So I'm asking myself, What are the odds that his wife is one of the 7%? Because I think what happens to women oftentimes with ED in their male partner is not that they're so disappointed that he goes limp, but that he doesn't finish. And so he's with her. He feels such humiliation about this that he withdraws in the moment. And that is what is often so painful to her. It really isn't about performance. If he said, oh, not my night, and he finished her, and he said, you know, I love you. You're you're so great. You're so sexy. I love being with you. You know, it didn't work for me tonight, but that's okay. I mean, oftentimes she would feel held both physically and emotionally in a way, that, but it's this humiliation that, I mean, obviously I can just feel it jumping off the page, you know, it's I, so
1: instantaneous that he says, "The moment I think I might fail, or I lose my erection." Right. It's the power of what that pressure and that the of shame or that fear can instantaneously do. It's a, it triggers our fight or flight response. Yeah. How are you supposed to get turned on when you're you thinking you might die or be rejected or humiliated?
0: Yeah, and there's clearly a psychogenic part, right? Because he's he's doing Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. He's doing fine, and then he gets anxious. And says, maybe I'm not going to get there. I mean, maybe his wife is because she says, you know, I almost had her there.
1: But- Well, backtrack a second. What's so important about doing podcasts like this is just to change the the belief system in a culture that has so many things wrong around sex. Yeah. And there's so much pressure that this man has that men in general have about performing and pleasing their partners. If only 7% of them are going to climax through the intercourse, you know, that like- just blows the majority of men have no idea they're going to think that you know if they don't produce an orgasm that they're failing oh, that yeah. you know this sense of it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion in the ocean i mean it's it's all of these kind of messages that we hear that are just really confuse men and get them like heading in a direction that's set up to fail,
0: yeah, exactly, and i I think it is so true that men don't know this. I mean, it's it's so hard to get through to them. Well, oh, I would think true. a majority
1: of women don't know this either.
0: Well, I would say the majority of women come in and say, I don't climax the real way. Right. You know? And th- the real way is what they've been told, what they've seen on porn too, what's been advertised on the movies. She's in bed. Nobody touches her really. And she climaxes miraculously in a 30-second clip. And that's what she thinks she should be doing. I also think women think they're failing because they're comparing themselves to the male pattern. It's like he can climax like that. That's so darn unfair.
1: But, you know. <laughs> but because of this lack of sex education, both of them are heading into the encounter with faulty assumptions. And then when it doesn't work, they both blame themselves like something's wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you can feel his shame as he talks about it. He. He has gone to the doctor, and this is this is an interesting phenomena that I see a lot. That men go to the doctor, they get a med to help Viagra or Cialis, they work a little differently, but either they don't want to try it because somehow or another trying it says something to them. I'm still a failure. Trying a med that is gonna help them stay erect. They still are dealing with that, but I I didn't produce this myself, therefore I'm still a failure. They won't tell their partner when they try it and when they don't. So she has no idea.
1: This is the part that excites me. Okay. That what this male is saying, I must be self sabotaging. And, you know, we have all these judgmental ways of kind of beating ourselves up and only putting more pressure that there's a doorway to that, that that is going directly into his vulnerability. Yeah. For good reasons, he wants to avoid this. Taking the medication, you know, all of these things, he has to head into those places of his own vulnerability.
0: In order to even take the med.
1: Well, it's a lot. If I right. don't take the med, I always have an out. I always have a possibility. I always have something that I can look forward to. You right. know, for me to head towards that medication, I have to face this part of me. Yeah. What if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. what is that going to mean for me yeah right what, what this guy is describing is avoidance across the board mm-hmm. I don't want to face because a lot of men don't get help putting words to their more vulnerable sides mm-hmm. they're afraid that if they touch them themselves, they're going to be exposed. Then they'll get confirmed. And where is that going to leave them? So the best thing they could do is just go in a corner and weather the storm. Mm-hmm. So again, I, to me, this man is following the rule book that he was given in life. Mm-hmm. And it's not working because it's, it can't possibly work that if, you know, when I need to be engaged, I actually hide parts of who I am. Yeah. So that's what I what I mean. I get excited. It's like this is he's right on the edge. He's tapping into these places he normally avoids in himself. Mm-hmm. And if we can just give him that push to go a little bit further to kind of understand who he is now, that's so because those walls to keep out the bad are also keeping out his vitality,
0: mm-hmm. right? So
1: the, it's it's such a chance for for just that that burst of to energy, opening up, opening up, right?
0: So in your experience, what do you think? he's telling himself, what, what is that painful place? It's that, that I'm, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm, I'm not
1: a man. I'm not a man. I'm pathetic. I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gross. Uh, there's so many of these tapes that start playing that we try to project ourselves as strong and vibrant and in charge. And you know, there's more insecure side. Nobody wants to see it. It's eternal. People are going to leave me if they see it. Mm-hmm. There's no room for it.
0: I cannot possibly tell the woman I love about this place.
1: Right, because right. she'll say no thanks. Or
0: she'll say, yeah, you are pathetic or something. I mean, worse, right? She'll reject me too. You
1: can feel that's like a knife in a heart. <laughs> if I say my worst fear is I think I'm not enough, and my partner says, yeah, you're right. Exactly. I mean, how do we bounce back? Exactly. Especially when our best attempts to show ourselves are coming up short. Why would we show our worst parts of ourselves? Mm-hmm. So it's so counterintuitive, but what men don't recognize is in protecting themselves by hiding they're keeping out the very thing they need for healing. This man, if he could heal those places inside himself, he can engage in a much fuller way. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have great sex when most of you is left out of the bedroom.
0: Yeah, when you're hiding and you're anxious and you can't bring yourself. I mean, if he could work this through and get through whatever the fear is, he, he could show up.
1: Exactly. And he needs us to do that. Yes. He needs people to be his champion and say, It's not your fault you're hiding. You were taught how to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. But we know where this leads. This leads to a small life with lots of blocks and lots of feeling bad about yourself. But if you can I'll grab your hand and mm-hmm. you can follow us, you take a couple steps into this darkness, we carry a light, that your whole world can change. Right. And these these things that you thought were so bad. Actually, when you're loved in places, like when my son, I coach my sons in football. When they score the winning touchdown, that's easy. It's easy Mm. to love this guy when he has an orgasm with Mm -hmm. his wife. But what about when he can't? When he goes to dark places, when my son drops a pass and they lose the game, that's when we need to love the most. And this man's not getting it. So I get excited because I know if he could take the risk to go there and his wife can show up for him, a lot of these E.D. problems take care of themselves.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that oftentimes, you know, she probably already suspects that this is rooted in his fear of failure and just wants him to tell her to talk about it. The frustration for most women is that it's the turn away. It's when he turns away right. either in bed or later and doesn't open up, doesn't talk about this. And right. there's there's so little talking. He went to his doctor after so many years, but maybe he hasn't talked to her about what his anxiety really is and what they might do about it. Because there can be a myriad of things they could do sexually to resolve this tomorrow. Perfect. Tomorrow. I mean, this this is not the end of the world.
1: Right. I want to echo what you're saying, that, that wives, pursue um, in this situation, you get a chance to be the one person on this planet who responds to your husband's vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And if your husband has success in those places, why would he want to go away? Exactly. Right, and if he could- Why taught, would he turn you, away? He wouldn't turn away if he had success mm-hmm. and you get to be the person who delivers that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and if he doesn't have to turn away-
1: Both people win. Both people win. All right. I like that. Both people win. Good way to end.
0: You're listening to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. Hi, 4 fam. The biggest support you can give us is sharing our podcast with a friend. You can find us also on socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we'd love your questions and feedback and really do use these to guide our show. We'd also love it if you'd rate and review us. If you're interested in learning more about us and our mission, look us up on our hot new website, 4PlayRadioSexTherapy.com.
2: Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.